was a part one was a quite a quite an episode. We've still got loads to talk about, so we're still here. We took a little break. Uh, Andrew went for a little poo. Uh, that took quite a while. I don't know. He's been eating a lot of eggs, I think. But um, yeah, we're back now. So um, yeah, welcome to Ed. We'll uh, carry this uh, conversation on. So uh, Andrew's feeling a lot more comfortable now. He's parked his his breakfast. So um, yeah, let's carry on. Where where did we got to? We was talking about fish guts and poor people and <laughs> contraceptive wheat. Yeah. So my my I'm gonna step in. And, oh dear. And, uh, did you bring wash back your hands? some? Soup. I did wash my hands. Good. It's fine. But you you stay over there. Um, well, they probably still smell a bit of the cow shit that we were handling earlier today. Actually, that's what it is. You can smell. Nice. You, you were handling. I was handling. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no fair <clears> play. <throat> Any excuse to get my hands into a nice juicy. Let's stop there. Yeah. Um, so, Ed, I want to, when we first sort of spoke about the, the podcast and, and you realised what, what it was, who it was, what was going on, um, you said, brilliant, mate, great idea, exactly what the industry needs. Oh, how he's changed his mind. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to, to expand on that, please? Yes, and I, and I think it, it's come from a place of real self-reflection because I'm aware that um, a lot of the things that you guys have sort of raised and and looked to challenge around the current echo chamber yeah yeah echo chamber yeah um, I've been guilty of you know I've I've really really got well entrenched into this is the only way to go about things this is how everybody must farm and I will not see it any other way and, and as I said before I've I have come back to much more of a middle ground now but that's why when this podcast came along I was just like oh do you know what you're so right because <laughs> it needs challenging yeah and, and unfortunately there are um, there are proponents of regenerative farming both farmers and consultants and other associated people who do not do themselves any favors because they can't see any other way mm. um, it, it's kind of their way or the highway and, and, and there's no middle ground and, and just trying to revolutionise everything in five minutes and it's just, it's not going to happen yeah. and if they could just step back as I hope I have and realise that actually you've got to try and take people with you rather than stand in a corner and shout at them um, it's a much, much better way to go So what would you call yourself now then? If you're I not have... calling yourself and what is it, a bio agri bullshitologist yeah. <laughs> um, no, that's your words <coughs> yeah. um, your words the last few times I've introduced myself to people I've called myself an agronomist yay yeah. <laughs> it's just feeding his ego yeah. yeah fair enough fair but, enough. but but then if you go have a conversation with me for another 10 minutes you'll quickly hopefully realise that it, it's not Does agronomy is yeah. in the traditional yeah. sense yeah. of yeah. the but that's word. what that's, that's, that's yeah. what I am yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so we've we've touched on a lot. We've covered a lot of ground, both previously and, and in this podcast. And we've mentioned today, and, and you've mentioned it, is, is biostimulants. Mm-hmm. It's something that we, we touched on. Really poorly. Really. That was a terrible, <laughs> terrible, terrible episode. I, I'm, ooh, I'm so, so Cheers. embarrassed. And ch- yeah, uh, so ashamed of that. So okay, can we do it properly on. now? So let's, let's an area that you've minutes. got, you, I know you've got a bit of experience with both bought biostimulants and homemade Mm -hmm. Uh, let's explore discuss okay 
personally, I kind of split out biostimulants and biologicals. Yeah. Yeah. There may well be a degree of overlap, probably quite a lot of overlap yeah. between what the expected outcome is of both. Mm-hmm. But I think from a practical point of view, and when explaining it to people, it's easier just to try and split them out mm-hmm. because you can put products, the types of things we're looking to use in f- into those two categories. So when I'm talking about biostimulants, we're talking, you know, like the OG seaweed. Yeah, okay? yeah, yeah. Or something like humic acid or fulvic acid or molasses, yeah. Yeah. Um, liquid fish. They, yeah. are, they are stimulating a plant response. Now, you could say that the biologicals are also stimulating a plant response sometimes. Yeah. But... They are called biologicals because we are working with or trying to create um, specific organisms to do a job. Very good. Yeah, Yeah. makes sense. So I get that. That's how I split them apart. Yeah. I use and uh, recommend a lot of seaweed Mm -hmm. because it's been out for a long, long time. There are lots of books and papers and research, and Mm -hmm. they're in what form. In the so the seaweed. Oh, I mean, what sorry, as an form, extract yeah. as a, or as a, as a liquid, processed liquid pro- processed liquid yeah. product. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and I just have because of all the weight of experience and and research that's been done on it. I sort of have a, mm-hmm. a I can confidently stand on farm yeah. and use it. And and now having amassed an amount of experience using it, yeah. can sort of say, yeah. Do you know what? Yeah. That's that's doing something. Others we're still still getting to grips with um, humic acid, mm-hmm. fulvic acid. Although there's a there's a professor at I think he's a professor. He is yeah. God, it's going to be offensive now. But at Harper Adams, so I'm not going to mention him. But if he listens, um, he'll never. <laughs> Nobody me. listens. But I think he is um, probably a bit like a, a typical. Um, scientist approach in that yeah, yeah. it's very black mm-hmm. and white so mm-hmm. I, 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 want, I want yeah. yeah so he did some trials with humic acid in a in a sort of glass house experiment and tried it got a response yeah and immediately went well it must be because of this yeah so they then removed that factor still worked yeah, yeah. they then went well it must be because of this removed that factor still worked yeah so he said well I mean, I, th- I think it must work. Yeah. So f- for him, for him to say that, I'm like, well, pff, yeah, humic's good, um, and actually, humic has so many different roles it, because of its cation exchange capacity. Mm-hmm. Putting it with ammonia forms of nitrogen makes a lot of sense to reduce volatilization. Mm-hmm. Adding something with a high CEC in the root zone in a sandy soil, which has a low CEC, mm-hmm. makes a lot of sense. Yeah. To me, that's just that's science that's working on facts that we know yeah. therefore I can see a sensible use yeah. so there are a couple of sort of examples of biostimulants that I use and can see a sense in there's there's more which we're still still learning about um, and then you kind of step into the, the world of, of biologicals which probably is the pit that causes me the most frustration because it kind of seems to have progressed so quickly to a point where there's now a whole industry behind these products with very very little uh, evidence or experience that they work which is okay if you're building a Johnson Sioux bioreactor in your farmyard and using it and thinking that you're getting a response which I'm not saying you aren't but when you're developing a multi-million pound as it's getting that way, industry off the back of 
that type of thing in a yeah. can yeah. with very little evidence and experience behind it, I then have start to have a, a problem with it. Fair. Fair. Yeah, I don't see that. And but you know, we biologicals aren't new. You know, there there are. Um, biological products on the market that have them for a long time, mm-hmm. working with specific tra- strains of bacteria mm-hmm. that fight off certain diseases, but they have gone through a very rigorous testing and trialing mm-hmm. procedure with reputable companies, mm-hmm. so that by the time it ends up on the shelf and is sold to a farmer, it does a job and yeah. we can be confident that it does. But unfortunately, we're now in a position where lots of these type of things are being sold with a whole heap of promises and very little evidence. That's not to say that I'm skeptical of them. So I can see the theory, mm-hmm. I can understand the theory. If you inoculate a plant or the soil or the root system with a certain mix of strains of bacteria or fungi, etc., you can get these specific benefits, be that nutrient uptake, uh, all these kinds of things, uh, disease suppression. I, I get that theory. I think it makes sense. But the practical application of it is not there yet so that we can... You know, confidently go out and farm and say. So, do you think that we're seeing benefits from the application of things like seaweed or some humics, for example, because the soil currently, in its current state, you know, taking a, a, the average conventional arable farmer that's historically ploughed and used, you know, generous applications of ammonium nitrate, do you think it's being used or having the benefits because it's a bit of a transitional product because the soil isn't in the perfect equilibrium or balance at the moment but in time as the soil health improves we can drop back on those biostimulants potentially yeah I think some some of them there can be so so let's take the humic acid mm-hmm. uh, in terms of binding ammonium reducing yeah. losses I think that's something that would generate that outcome yeah nigh on every time you used it if you were using it in the right way whether it was healthy soil sandy soils yeah fair seaweed yeah could generate a response in a conventional system with high inputs just as much as it could generate a response in a regenerative system Mm -hmm. provided the crop needed that biostimulant yeah so what we're really talking about with these things is kind of immune boosting stress relieving um properties from these types of products but if the plant is happy and healthy and doesn't need an immune response or a stress relieving product then you will not get bang for your buck from from seaweed so it's prophylactic use of biostimulants instead of prophylactic use of fungicides yes but if we know for example take drought if we know that there is a particular biostimulant that will help with drought water (laughs) yeah Okay. There's always one. <laughs> well, he's. I mean, you can't, he's not you're bang, wrong. You're, you're bang on. He's not you wrong. can throw all the seaweed you want at a crop of yeah. wheat, but if it doesn't get rain no. for ten weeks, yeah. then it's but fucked regardless of what you on it. Piss off. <laughs> we now know the true side of Andrew. That some biologicals will help with abiotic stress, for example. Mm. So, by the time that stress arises, is it then too late to apply? The remedy, if you will, in regards to a biological biostimulant. So, is it is it is it then becoming an insurance policy in case something happens? Well, there is. It's a good question. You know, are you are you applying seaweed every week because you think that next week we might go into a drought? Yeah. I don't think that's that's no. how we're using it. I think at the onset of a stress period, when you can foresee that that's coming, it's a, it's a it's a good time to use it. I also find 
some of the best responses from those types of things is this time of year mm-hmm. when sort of crops are coming out out of the winter they're they're looking a bit hungry a bit needy and it just helps to pick them that's when we see the biggest response sometimes later in the seasons where it becomes really really but isn't that just giving soil biology a bit of a sugary drink a bit of a wake up after the sleepy slumber that was the winter period quite possibly and that's that that's another one is molasses and a a biostimulant effect from it yeah i i but what the 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 first and i only think there will always be as i said there will always be a variable response from some of those things just because this this the nature of it. Um, you can I mean and, and Hutchinson's as a business and lots of other businesses have tried to do trials with biostimulants and continue to do trials with them. And you know, it generates huge differences in terms yeah. of responses. Yeah. You can go from two ton a hectare yield improvement on wheat mm. in even mm. more sometimes yeah. to minus two tons mm. or, or no response. Is that on the, the soil types because I majority data I've seen has been generally on poorer soils with sort of sandier yeah. lower CCs or are we talking no, on the is, average soil type it's regardless of soil yeah, type okay. yeah, yeah. you can get a variable response yeah. so that says to me it works when it's needed so yeah. we're now what we need to do is understand where it needs it but then we're testing it the whole paradigm we're using to test these biostimulants is based on an old model of apply product A get yield increase from that yep. and I, 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 perhaps it's just the wrong testing system perhaps we're looking for the wrong things or we're testing it in the wrong way yeah. I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not trying to what am I doing I'm sort of like sticking up the biostimulants <laughs> they're bollocks, they're absolute <laughs> bollocks I don't know why I'm doing it but if, if that's the case, if you're getting such variable uh, results from your testing System, perhaps it's the testing system, not the. Yeah, and what? Uh, yes, I think you're right. But it, but it, are we? F- so why are we not doing enough of digging into the detail of why we got that two ton a hectare yield response mm. in that field that year with that product? Instead, we just go. Yeah. Well, we got that there, but we didn't there, so we'll do another year of testing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. To see what we get this year, and then we we'll get the average over. Funnily enough, yeah, yeah. it happens the same again next year. Yeah. yeah. Um, so therefore we go well on average yeah, yeah. we get a response so therefore yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll yeah. sell it and it's therefore the it's, so we need to do a lot more understanding of why they work when they work yeah. so what about okay biostimulants covered yeah. thank you we um, might still come back easy. to it it was yeah. easy yeah. that seemed easy yeah it did um, you explained it very well he knows what he's talking yeah. about doesn't he in fairness <laughs> biologicals can, can I ask about biologicals you mentioned Johnson Sue earlier yep. That's bollocks, isn't it? Because it's <laughs> essentially you, you've got the microbes and stuff. What do they eat? It's like you you you, you you've got your IBC full of shit. You put air and you put a bit of water through it. Perhaps chucking a few worms. You collect the stuff and then you do something with it on your pill. But there's no food in there for those microbes, is there? Or those? Well, yeah, it's the material that you put in there. So it's eating it's itself. Food. No, no, no. The the feedstock that you've you've put in there. To well, why create not the just put the feedstock in your soil? What's what's the what's the big? Oh, well, because the, the feedstock doesn't have that. The the feedstock doesn't have that biology already with it. But the soil it, does. Well, it doesn't. That's the thing. Really? Yeah, I think we. We've definitely depleted our levels and diversity of soil, soil microbes, microfauna, whatever you want to call it, through our farming practices. 
and, and we can see that because you know if you, you you take some of the biological soil tests that are now available to us and you test a field that's been farmed hard versus the area under a hedge or in a woodland there is an abundance and a diversity of, of, mm. of various different species actinomyces protozoa nematodes etc versus the field where there is very little yeah um so i think it's i'm fairly comfortable with we have depleted our soil biology levels mm-hmm. so the idea with the johnson sue compost type thing is to try and re-inoculate or indeed an off-the-shelf product for that matter is to try and re-inoculate soils yeah, with the stuff that we've potentially so lost. so you've got an ibc full of crap yeah you put air and water through it and you get your jam jar full of your buggy soup you're not going to do a whole field like that you i mean that's not it's not practicable, is it? You're creating an extract, which then you put down in the f- in the furrow. So you can get yeah. quite a lot of extract from one IBC of how compost. much? How much would you get? Um, roughly two hundred hectares worth of no of extract. Yeah, well, you're talking a big volume of compost where all you're really doing is <laughs> fucking such bullshit. <laughs> Washing off the biology into an extract. Yeah. With the Johnson Sioux, you've got sprinklers going nigh on non-stop. Right. So you're constantly adding water. So at the bottom of that water, the, the materials is like a sponge. It's going to be able to absorb a certain amount, but at some point it's going to become saturated. You're going to get the, the liquid running out the bottom. That effluent, if you will, um, is full of biology. Yeah, but the, what, with the Johnson Sioux, what you're actually trying to get to, so you put the feedstock in, you get the air going, you get the water going, you leave it for a year. At some point in that process, you add worms. It, it processes down into like a, a putty. Yeah. Then you put that either in a tea bag or some way of, of then being able to take an extract of it. So you're not using that original compost, you're just taking an extract. Can't you just put shit on your field? Yes, you can. <laughs> Isn't and, that just but, a lot so, easier? I'm, I'm sitting here talking through the process of oh, yeah, Johnson's virus, yeah, not yeah. necessarily agreeing with it. Okay. okay. So, right. so what we're and the, with this whole biologicals thing, I, I have major doubts and criticisms of where we are at the moment. That said, doesn't mean I don't want it to work or explore the op- the idea of it working. Which is why at Harry's Farm in, in Shropshire we are trialling it on a proper field scale. As part of a system, rather than in isolation, as, okay. as you mentioned. So, what about pathogens? Because yeah, they're well, biology. Exactly. Involved. How do we know we aren't breeding up some horrific stuff in there that's going to kill our wheat crop? Yeah, we don't oh, know. That would be so funny, wouldn't it? <laughs> don't know. Yeah. I don't think Harry would agree with that. I've sat, I've sat and watched this IBC for a year, and now it's just killed a wheat crop. Yeah, it will never grow anything in that field ever again. But yeah. So, <laughs> so I think if I look at it in terms of what we know. So we we know that our soils have become de- depleted in terms of the amount degenerated d- diversity of of certain species of the food soil food web. Yeah. We know that the Johnson Sioux method does produce high microbial microbially active and diverse compost because we've had it tested. Mm-hmm. We don't know that it's not also full of yeah. bad stuff that we can't or aren't testing on? for. Is there food in that? Yeah, yeah. Well? So, so the, yeah. The, what you're, you're, put, you're feeding it, and people use different things, but you'll have perhaps a mix of uh, wood chip, straw, muck, maybe some green waste, maybe some chopped maize. And that's in, the, in that liquid extract. So you're chopping you it all up, putting it in IBC, and then that 
breaks down yeah. with the help of worms over a year into a putty-like compost. So the the biology that you've built up and developed has, has been feeding on all that feedstock that you put in there in the first place. Okay. And we know that we've, we've so, so, so we've, we're confident there's possibly a need for it. We're confident that we've developed something mm-hmm. that is full of those things that we might want. Mm-hmm. The big gap is how do you take it from that IBC and put it on the seed or put it in the drill, keep it alive during that process, and then actually get a tangible benefit from it in the field? So, is it producing a yield response? Is it producing uh, an immune response? Is it, is it uh, killing your crop? Is it killing your crop? <laughs> you know, all, of, know all of these things so are yet to be tested in yeah. this country. Yeah. So it's been tested in, I'm guessing, the well, States. Yeah, I mean, Dr. Johnson does get a bit of flack because people don't think that his... I mean, this is, this is a view, not necessarily yeah. mine, that they don't they, they think his sort of trials and, and evidence is a little bit see-through. Mm-hmm. But you know, who are we to say that, that it's that he's not right? Um, so we need to try it for ourselves, and I, that's what I'm hoping to do with that that proper farm and scale he's trial. Paying you for this? <laughs> no, he fucking should be though. Yeah. Yeah, Dave, <laughs> I'll send you a blank check, mate. Or send me a blank check. Yeah, um, I've got a few issues with biologicals. Go on. I, I do. Go on. No, no. It's, we got we so. As I said before, mm. that that's all fine because yeah. nobody's come and sold you a Johnson Sioux bioreactor nope. and has profited from it. No, nope. you've Which made I'm, it I'm yourself all for. with I'm all free for materials that, that yep. are on your farm. And if you've wasted your time or you've had an amazing benefit from using it, then they're happy days. I get that. But then you get into the the manufactured stuff mm-hmm. that comes along. Yeah. Some of which someone else has brewed in a shed. Yeah. Yeah. And then. Are yeah, selling no, it as a no. product, which is it's the one thing with that process is it's not consistent. No, is I can, that a womble? Uh, <laughs> quite possibly. Sorry, for, for those that can't fetching. see, oh, it's oh. a fox, it's a fox and hounds, isn't it? Uh, for those I'll put a picture on uh, Twitter. See what Carl's just discovered behind him is a, a teddy a, bear a new, a new fox mate. with a, a, a nice check waistcoat. You get more sense out of him. Yeah, definitely would. <laughs> Than me, yeah. Definitely. Sorry, no. I didn't mean to. It just suddenly I was surprised so by it's, one it's The biologicals for me, and I'm a little bit like, I'm a little bit with Coral, and I get what you're saying. I, I agree with it. And it's something that farmers can be doing at home at no cost to themselves other than time. So I, I, why not try it? I get that. I'm all for it. It's... I can't keep keep coming back to your just put shit on the fields in that although we've depleted and I wouldn't necessarily use the word depleted I would say degraded or reduced biological activity in the soils there are still microbes there maybe not the kind of microbes we want but the spores of those microbes will still be present if we can create the environmental conditions that suit particular microbes they will then come back effectively yeah they will reappear within our soils build it so, and they will come exactly that which if i'm honest i'm a massive proponent of yeah and i am dead set on proving that you can reach a point of producing high yielding crops by just putting all the good principles in place and, and i think developing healthy soil and healthy plants so i'm desperate I to prove that a stripper pole in my living room it will attract strippers <laughs> 
I mean, I'd have a spin. Yeah. Yes. That's not the point <laughs> I was looking for. This is what but, he's going to do after yeah. he's finished spinning. <laughs> he's oh, helped yeah, every Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Grease it up with a bit of seaweed. <laughs> I'm so sorry, it's just you said build it and they will come and I suddenly, oh. I got excited. Yeah. But I, I like that principle and I, and I think that's valid. So a farmer at home that's poss- possibly listening to the podcast thinking, I'm looking at trying a biostimulant. If all that farmer does is apply a biostimulant, I don't think he's going to see any benefit. No. If he's still dealing much, with compaction. Much the same as uh, going out and buying a direct drill on a grant and doing nothing agree. else. Yeah. to change his farming system yeah. he'll fall on his face yeah. or, or just growing a cover crop or yeah. just doing any no. one of the other no. principles on its own so it's it's in isolation the things that we're talking the, the buzzwords and the bullshit that we're talking about isn't going to change a farming enterprise and turn it from conventional or degenerative or catastrophic as Carl described them into a regenerative profitable farm but as part of a larger farm plan that involves a number of different principles, uh, it could be. Uh, it, may, it may form a part. Yeah. It may form a part. But the other thing that, that causes me concern is that lots of, lots of farm, walkers, farm, walkers, farmers are sleepwalking from one yeah. set of inputs straight into another. Yeah. And actually then what have we achieved? Yeah. But this is exactly what I was saying earlier. It's just sort of like if you get rid of the consultant, the, the farmers have got so much on their plate. They've got to be machinery experts, finance experts, uh, plant biologists, animal biologists. They've got so much on their plate. And we've come to a position where agronomists and consultants are taking on that burden. But you've got to be sure of their motives. Mm. And I forgot what I was talking about. <laughs> but it, yeah, it's basically coming back. What you're saying there just reinforces. Yeah, but it's like they're just moving from one. So it's like if 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 you're if you're if you're if you're using these products because a consultant yeah. that sells them yeah. has told you that you need them, then I th- I think that's kind of needs a little bit of self-reflection there yeah. as to yeah, no, how no, am no, I making no. decisions on my farm? Yeah, yeah but that's the industry. Because if you read all, it any of the farming yeah. press, anything like that is, what is this fucking horrible song? <laughs> the soundtrack to this podcast will be available <laughs> after the show. But no, it's... No, yeah, I'm sorry. It's just venting. I don't, no, I, th- I think it's, there is a certain aspect of marketing. There is always bias. And, and there are a number of people, and I don't think anybody begrudges anybody for trying to earn a living. I think that's the bottom line. Yeah. Even farmers who, most of them have deep pockets and short arms, generalizing, but wow. a lot of them do. Wow. And understandably, they don't want to spend money willy-nilly. I get that. But... I don't know. There's plenty of new fence around, isn't there? There's pl- yeah, no, but th- <laughs> and then there's, all, there's also plenty of people that will go... I will quite happily give you yeah. as much money per hectare as I was spending with Hutchinson's on yeah. fungicides yeah. and put it into your unproven, untested biological yeah. products. And that's terrible. That's terrifying. Yeah. Yeah, but isn't that that's good in that somebody's realised But it's okay because that, it's not a fungicide. But they they realise that something needs to change. Therefore, it must be good. Something needs to change. I'm willing to try something drastic and go to the extreme to try and turn my farming fortunes around. Um, I, I don't. I don't. But that to me is lazy. 
So you've gone, you've gone. Okay, I'm in a, I'm in a, a sort of struggling, traditional high input, high output farming system, yeah. and I desperately need to change. Yeah. But rather than go back to the fundamentals and say, actually, there's a lot of things I can do to mm-hmm. improve this scenario. Just from management. Just from, with man- no costs. Just from management. Absolutely. Yeah. Rather than do that, they've just yeah. gone. Well, I'm going to stop using all of these yeah. things overnight, yeah. which is quite often what happens. Yeah. And I'm going to wholesale shift yeah. into all of this stuff instead. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I, I have an issue with that, and we've touched on it yeah, previously in the podcast. In that, currently, soils are a lot of soils are addicted to ammonium nitrate. Wean them off ammonium nitrate, get them addicted to what is essentially a sugary drink. Mm. Are we any better off? Well, we probably are better off, but is it the end goal that we want to be striving for? I personally don't think so. I think they, I think they should purely be a stepping stone. Yeah. Some of them might continue to be part of the farming system because yeah. actually they're just a good, yeah. a good alternative to something undesirable. But they shouldn't be first and foremost on people's minds. No, no, I can agree with that. I can agree. With that. So, what's the next comment <laughs> on your list of comments? I think we're getting through them. To be fair. Um, well, we'll take that as a win. Oh, the cut, yeah. So you so, seem, we, uh, think yeah. we're winning. Seems to, <laughs> I'm not keeping score. No, I am. We're winning. I, I, you guys seem to have a bit of a problem with Gabe's with a B uh, context. context principle. Yeah. Can I? Can I go first? Yeah. Context is massively important. I get that. I, I really do. Context is everything when it comes to what's happening on farm and how you can advise. So your role as a consultant, you have to understand the context of the farm, what they're trying to achieve before you can provide any information. My issue was I felt personally that Gabe was hiding behind context to avoid answering slightly tricky questions at the day. Yeah, I think that's that's probably a fair comment. Yeah, that that's where I'm at with it personally. Shall I say my bit? You, I think it's fucking obvious, and you don't need to say it. It's like <laughs> one of the principles of regenerative agriculture is you have to have a farm. <laughs> it's it's just it's, okay. So I've put it really politely and politically correct, but and you've just gone in and shit on it. Of course, it's every farm is different. If you yeah, don't know no. that, I do. I agree. I think it's always been there as a bit of an obvious. Yeah. yeah, you know, it's like saying, well, cover crops cover a lot of the principles of regenerative yeah. agriculture, but I can't, from a distance, not knowing your farm, tell you what cover crop yeah. exactly. you should be growing. I think that's yeah. just kind of always been a bit of a subconscious, yeah, well, obviously. Yeah. And, and, and I th- he's having done a lot of talks and roadshows and stuff, I'd imagine he, he's come up with a bit of come back against some of the things he said and, th- and therefore maybe it's a bit of a get out I asked him I asked him in the field I stood this is before or after you got him to sign someone else's book <laughs> this was after <laughs> was after I'd already blotted my copy book <laughs> but he'd <laughs> forgotten all about Carl at that point yeah so I was stood no further away from him than I am from you and uh, he was going on about soil armour and rattling on as he does and I said, so this is fine. What's what's the chink in your armour? What's the weak point in all this that you're saying? And basically, he says water. He says you can't control water. You can't control the weather. Mm-hmm. So it's 
if you are somewhere like if you're right over in the east of England in uh, Essex or you know sort of like farming where Guy Smith farms you know the it's it's like the Sahara out there. Is there? A, I mean, you can put all the cover crops you like, but if you've got fuck all water. Mm. I mean, well, yeah, perhaps put some amino acids on for the heat stress. <laughs> but it's it is it, context just is it just seems. Well, you're a ridiculous con- thing to even yeah, suggest. In that, in that, in that example, the, co- you, the context drives your system, doesn't it? Yeah. So I think those principles, on a pro- on a proper regenerative system, re- regenerative system, those principles are all adhered to in in, in pretty deep. Mm-hmm. But they all look slightly different on different farms yeah. because they all have different drivers and different context. Yeah. So it's yeah, it's it's there. Is it is it was he saying it just to avoid it becoming dogma? Because you've got his five principles and everyone says oh because there were people literally um, at um, we went to Rootstock where uh, mm. we spoke to uh, James after or just before that and there were people like saying oh god I, I shouldn't be here I plough. And, and it's got to that yeah. it's dogmatic thinking it's like I'm not regenerative I own a plough and you think well you're an organic farmer how else are you going to control your weeds yeah. well I'm not I, I'm not, I can't be regenerative I grow potatoes yeah, yeah. it's it's too, it's too divisive I think and, it's that, and that's its biggest its biggest flaw yeah and actually if we, if we are true proponents of passionate about believe that the industry needs to go this way then we need to make it as accessible um, as consumable for all parts of the industry rather than just almost treat it like a, a bit of an elite club of, of, of regenerative farmers I mean you had that bozo at Oxford didn't you came up to you the one in the linen oh, suit yeah, yeah, and the yeah, toffee well, sandals yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah his, his first comments were you're at the other farming conference aren't you yes oh you're the enemy yeah now I'm not and I might be wrong, but I'm he fairly go- yeah, yeah. I'm fairly confident he wasn't farming. Right. He might be interested in uh, the movement that is. He's probably got a couple of alpacas in. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't, he, he, he might have an alpaca. I'm so sorry, or alpaca like owners. I don't know what I've done you. He I might personally have think it's time for those two conferences to merge back oh, together. I got no value last year on the online Oxford Real Farming Conference. I didn't it, was either, to, it was either a talk yeah. that I've heard 64 million times yeah. before, or it was just the basics, which seemed to just keep getting repeated. So what was different about your conference then? Well, hopefully... Ooh. Ooh. As an, as I'm an determined in, to get a fight out of this. <laughs> as an inaugural conference, which oh, is the go. first time... Already defensive. ...us as a business has forayed into this subject publicly yeah. it was kind of we need to give something for people that it's the first time they've ever heard of it and we yeah. need to give something for people that are already doing it which is why we went yeah. from Ian to Joel that yeah. was the that was the intention yeah. um, it, it was totally unexpected yeah. for us to have done that and yeah. we've had some really interesting feedback so far oh go on I'm disappointed but, I couldn't make it even, with you. even from a, one of the farmers who came who's guy I respect a lot um, he said, "I don't get why you're doing it. What's in it for you? Mm. You're an agrochemical distribution company. Well, yeah. why, why, why are you doing this? Couldn't couldn't see it." And, and I've said it before that true organic, regenerative, whatever you want to call it, farming doesn't require the inputs like a conventional system does. 
potentially long-term doesn't require a consultant, so the only person that potentially benefits from it is either the people selling the produce or the farmer. So I, I would agree with him, um, but I also think it's a really good thing that Hutchinson's are going, hang on a minute, maybe the future isn't chemicals, we've got to look at alternatives and possibly an advice-based business moving forward. Yeah, and that's kind of where we, we slightly disagree, is that the industry does need consultants particularly during a massive period of change yeah. and uncertainty it needs good consultants and good advice more than ever yeah. and, and how I think, many what percentage of consultants would you say are good then oh, well I can only really sp- <laughs> no I can't that's, 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 I don't want to open up that box um, I can only really speak as I find so I can only speak for Though, I mean, Hutchison is a big business now. It's 200-odd 200, yeah. 200 agronomists. I don't know them all. I don't know how they all operate. The ones that I know, and also uh, competitor agronomists that I know, I would say uh, 20%. So that's 10%. <laughs> but is, is that a and passing I'm not... interest because they've got a little bit of pressure from their farmers... Or is it something that they're leading? I think it's both because okay. actually, if you're if you've if you've got any sort of business now and mm-hmm. and and a bit of foresight, you can see that actually there's my there's a growing need for this on farm, and unless I'm seen to be supporting it, encouraging it, and learn it quickly, yeah. I'm going to get left behind. So is this farmer led or is it agronomist led or um, is it? Well, I think it, it can't. <laughs> Sorry, boring, but it's both. So I think now it's increasingly farmer-led. Yeah. Um, So we are increasingly being approached by our own customers and potentially new customers saying this is what we want. It's not really being agronomist-led yet. There are are sort of odd agronomists dotted around the country where they're leading it. For instance, myself, uh, I know of other guys in different parts of the country where they've developed a passion and interest for it and they're driving it within, within their region. Um, but largely now it's becoming it's becoming farmer led, which from and you, you can picture it from an agronomy company's point of view, yeah. they've they've got to yeah. put their ideas up pretty yeah. quickly, otherwise they're gonna become irrelevant quite quickly. Can I ask can I go off topic a little bit here? Yeah. It's no. sort of depends how oh, far. Okay, well, carry on. <laughs> no, so we're talking about consultants and we're talking about products and that sort of thing, but other potential income streams are carbon credits. Ooh. Now, in my head, that's just utter bullshit. Agreed. The, uh, but there's a lot of companies out there. There's a lot of consultants, regenerative agronomists that are going on farm, essentially to sell carbon credits, build up your soil organic matter. Yeah. I really struggle with this. I, I really... Because the science isn't there, the measuring techniques questionable, but who owns that carbon and why are we doing it? Are we, are we sequestering carbon so that these knobheads can still fly to Magaluf and, you know, mm. or wh- wherever... I'm not saying every Magaluf. Nothing. That's just where all the knobheads go. But it's. it's, I'm sorry, Magaluf. I don't even know where you are. Portugal, is it? Yeah. Well. (laughs) But yeah. So I. I've got. I feel really. And I know because I went to a Hutchinson's carbon conference, and I'm not pointing the finger, but there's 
it's almost like you can feel the sort of like the the, the cash registers in their the, eyes, the sort of like yeah, mm. yeah. It's it's a soft it, it it's it's a subject I am keeping my distance from at the moment. Yeah. So I am advising farmers to sequester carbon because yeah. it's a good thing to do. Absolutely, farmer, absolutely. Yeah. I'm, sort of I'm keeping well away from any form of trading yeah. scheme. But the thing is, if you're not doing it, someone's going to go, oh, <coughs> he's working with Ed, he must be doing some good stuff. I'll nip in there and say, oh, do you want to sell some? So if you're not doing it, and you're one of the good guys, please tell us. If you're one of the good guys, <laughs> why, why, would, why, why would you step back from that? Why wouldn't you be... Yeah, it's not... Whether and, and I don't know these things because this conversation is well above my pay grade. But whether Hutchinsons and the likes ever want to get into carbon trading themselves, I don't. I'm not just no. And I found their conference fascinating, mm. especially the uh, the guy from Northampton that was talking. I think so. So it's fundamentally a good thing to do. I also think another potential benefit from it would be to generate the cash that is sometimes required for a business to fundamentally yeah. change how it's how it farms. And whilst I spend a lot of time and others do saying, well don't worry, you don't need to go out and buy a new direct drill to farm regeneratively, mm. eventually you do. <laughs> because yeah. because eventually you, you are gonna get your soils to a really good point where it kind of makes sense yeah. that why would why would you not? And that costs money. And that, and that money isn't always there at certain scales, certain types of farming businesses and economics. So if there was something there that was privately generated in order to support that transition, that is a potential benefit from, from a, a carbon trading model. But I just I'm, I just can't see a way through to that at the moment because of the, the, just the mind-boggling detail and lack of structure, scientific rigour, but there are people that, that don't place. care about that going no. on farms. What would you? So, we uh, our audience of about three people, one of whom is my wife, one's your missus. Yeah. Oh, we might have four. Your missus yeah. might be listening to this. <laughs> but for those people listening, and they're getting these people coming onto their farms and saying, right, okay, let's uh, let's take some baseline organic matters. Let's have a look. Uh, you know, you can earn a gazillion pounds by improving your soil organic matter by half a percent. Do you just say like just kick them out? Do you say listen to them? Do you just I mean what? Um, You'd have to mention I, I any would, particular. I would honestly but... say at the moment just don't. Yeah. The one the one thing I'm advising people to do more more to try and help with the evidence gathering as much as anything is is to baseline. Absolutely. Yeah, so yeah. so yeah. it's very it's, it's a really worthwhile thing to do, especially mm. if you're on the brink of changing what you do to take a baseline. So. Measure your soil, so measure it for organic matter, both loss on ignition and do mass, because we don't know what a uh, legislation model might yep. look like in terms of what it asks for. Measure it at two depths, because there's no good measuring organic matter to 15 centimetres, because it's so skewed. Yeah. You need to measure it at two depths. Um, and, you know, if you want to get measure bulk density as well, so you can actually quantify the amount of carbon within, within your soils. Mm. That's not a bad exercise to do and it doesn't have to cost a fortune to do it so you know do that at least yeah. and then if, if by some miracle we come up with a fantastic scheme that works for all uh, then you're in a position to perhaps jump on it um, mm -hmm. but that's as far as it goes for me at the moment and you know I, 
I, I work with um, a, a number of people across the industry some who have much sort of higher level conversations than me with big farming businesses and I really rate them in terms of their intelligence they're yeah. switched on people and they're not thank boring. you that's very good <laughs> you know they're, they're, they are not they're not jumping into carbon yeah. and if yeah. they're not jumping into carbon I'm not jumping into carbon yeah. but the trouble is is there going to be any space for these people who've got more scruples is there going to be any scraps left for them by the time all the twats have gone in there and scooped up all the carbon credits who knows well they say generally the one that makes the money is the first one in yeah but also the first one out yeah yeah generally yeah absolutely yeah maybe carbon is just a giant pyramid scheme yeah, I, I wonder whether the, the, the large industry, the, these large corporates, are realising that regenerative agriculture requires less inputs, full stop. Fewer. Fewer inputs. And therefore, we need to generate some sort of income from them somehow. Maybe they're looking at this as an option at the moment. Um, I, I don't know. I, I'm as dubious as you. I sit on the fence. Actually, I don't. I'm on the side of no at this point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, err on the side of caution, definitely. But I, I, yeah, I can't help but feel it's a little bit fraudulent. And then there's the next suite of them, which is biodiversity offsetting and natural, oh, natural yeah. capital and yeah, public good. We've, they're all oh. thing, all things we've got to try and get our heads around. Yeah. Or have we? I don't know. Oh, I, I think. Tom Heap, was it Tim? Tim, oh. Tom, Tim, Hi, Tim, Tim, Tom, Tim, Tom, <laughs> Tom. Um, he made a really interesting point that I'd not thought about, and he was saying if farmers are getting subsidies, then isn't it right that the public have access to that land? And you know, yeah. you're saying about this biodiversity. So if you're getting grants to improve your biodiversity, why should the farmer be the only person to benefit from that? Totally agree. But, I mean, it pains me to say it, but one of the best things that Ben Taylor-Davis has come out with in recent times is his whole get-on-my-land thing, which is, you know, he added up what what the public has Mm. given to his farm in terms of subsidies over the years, and he says, well, do you not think they have a right to see what they've got for their money? And Um, and (laughs) to go further, one step further, is there's a farmer that I know who um, is a tenant of Clinton Devon Estates who, rather than telling the people that literally walk through his land don't go in this field keep dogs on leads he's taken to on each gate for each field he's put an information board saying i am growing this crop for this reason yes engaging with them and he's finding much more uptake in regards to people picking up dog mess dogs on leads being more respectful so engaging with the public and educating them, if you will, encouraging them, taking them on the journey is a far more positive step than get off my land, mm. as, as agriculture has tra- traditionally been. Yeah. Make them value it by telling them what it is rather yeah. than putting yeah. a big And I think following COVID, with everybody's become a little bit more engaged with the local community, farm shops have never been more popular. I've seen so many of the you know, milk vending machines, which I'm a huge fan of, brilliant. That engagement's there, you just need to sort of take the step and, and embrace it, if you will. That's fine. Um, but I, I haven't got any land, 
you haven't got any land yet. Have you got any land? No. So we'd have to put up with doggers at three o'clock in the morning. <laughs> so leaving. Well, you are the dogger at three o'clock. <laughs> the missus listens to this. But um, no, you'd, you'd have to pick up all the fly tipping and all the used condoms oh, fly and tipping stuff like that. So the, I, I'm a little bit worried about this. Oh, yeah, it's for the public good, get on my land. It's because I hate to say this. 90% of the public are thick as pig shit. And I've just lost our viewer, our <laughs> listener. It's, it's a difficult one, and I think that's a conversation that we could go on. We'll let, we've been chatting for a while. Yeah, we, are you saying finish? Well, I'm not saying finish, but I'm saying we'll, we'll come to a bit of a crescendo. I'm really worrying now that I said 90% of the public are thick as pig shit. Yeah, 90% of the public aren't listening to do this. You think, no. Do you think repeating that and make it any better? No, and now you said it, I'm, I'm not going to sleep tonight. I'm really going to... Do you know, I really worried after that one about... We did Veganuary, yeah. and I just a throwaway comments, oh, I could fight a vegan, that'd be easy. <laughs> days you after... Vaginuary, yeah, Veganuary. Oh, and it's like, oh, Jesus Christ, why do I say these things? I... Yeah. I get humour remorse, but anyway, my lack of sleep is not the, the listeners. So we problem. with with James, we did a a, a list mm-hmm. of buzzwords and bullshit. Oh, so it was no, what was it? Buzzwords are? and bullshit. Yeah, it was. Oh no, it was buzzword or bullshit or believable. Yeah, yeah. So oh, I can't remember. What they are. I, I can't remember all of it. I can't remember all of the list, but we can do a few ones okay. we remember. And so the first, the first one, one yeah. was regenerative agriculture. Bullshit or believable. Believable. Okay. And it's true in its truest sense. Yeah. Believable. Okay, I can remember Fine. a few. Biostimulants. <sighs> no women okay. are nine. It's gotta be one or the other. Yeah, but again I'm gonna to have to say believable, but it Yeah. Okay. Okay. With a, with an asterisk. Right right with pro- context. Right product, right place. With, <laughs> with context. <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs> so no slash min till. Um, mintil bullshit because what is mintil you could do a huge amount of tillage and call it mintil or you could do a very shallow cultivation and call it mintil Um, no till believable okay Um, that's fair yeah cover crops yeah cover crops believable Uh, probably the single uh, biggest factor in all of this and bang for your buck livestock then um Believable, not necessarily essential. Now Ooh. that face you pulled, because I'm saying it's him that uh, loves cows. Um, <laughs> yeah, until the judge stops you. Knowing that I'm going to give him a smack in a minute. He likes, <laughs> I'm sat next to a man that likes fingering poo. And <laughs> jokes, jokes. Well, at least cows. you went with poo, right? Yeah. Cows. Yeah. That would be weird. <laughs> Yeah, we all need a hobby. I just, I, I, just <laughs> I just think you can um, you can achieve most of what Regenag sets to sets out to achieve without livestock if it really is difficult for you to to implement but it. One one okay, and I'm going to challenge you on that a little bit. Uh, it's John Seeker's book. John Seeker, yeah. Seeker, and the picture on the front of the book, which you no doubt rec- everybody that's seen it will remember it. Thoughts on that? Well, it's a cow, isn't it? But it's the the interaction of the rumen microbes coming out the back of the cow 
yeah. then the interaction with then the soil but those microbes are very similar so it's if you talk about reintroducing and using biologicals yeah bio, I know. nice way to wind up the podcast sorry yeah <laughs> but no, it's the one thing i was going to say earlier we haven't touched on is livestock but yeah. i think you, you'll never reach a closed system of fertility without them. Mm-hmm. You'll never reach the dizzying heights of input-free without them. But what I'm saying is yeah. they are negotiable, I think. And having livestock on farm will certainly get you to all of those benefits a lot quicker yeah. than if you didn't have them. But you can. So you're talking about the root exudates, green manures, cover cropping, Correct. desiccation. Yeah. Rolling, if you nail, nail all the other four key principles, yeah. um, you'll you'll be in a pretty good place. But that fifth is definitely a helpful. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Well, the tag on to that one was veganism. Bullshit. Yeah. What about if it's from a spiritual point of view? Um, yeah, that's the one. I think that's the one valid argument. If you just yeah. genuinely yeah. don't want to enjoy products from an animal because you think we're on a par with them mm-hmm. and they're equals or whatever you're absolutely fine but if you're trying to tell yeah. me that veganism is a way forward for the planet then you can no, no. Fuck off. there's yeah. no environmental <laughs> benefits at all yeah. I agree but I just wanted you to say it yeah. yeah cool so what other ones do we have there was George uh, oh no that's the people that's is that the, okay that's, fine. that's what is it Messiah or oh uh, yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah okay sorry what is it um, Messiah or <clears throat> Masturbator no Messiah or I can't remember oh, now. No, no, I can't remember no. So okay, so, that, so that's what's what's your one big take home? So if somebody's looking at regenerative agriculture as an option, transitioning from whatever they're doing currently conventional to more regenerative practices. Madcap or Messiah. There we go. That was it. Where where do they go? What do they do? How do they take the first step uh, onto that journey other than listen to this podcast? Obviously. <laughs> Other than phoning a really good consultant. Oh, um, he's good, isn't he? Yeah, he's good. Slick, slick. Okay, we we'll edit that out. So, you and Ben were sat down having a conversation, uh, chewing a bit of grass while looking at some arable fields, planning a ski holiday and shooting. Because <laughs> wow. we don't have any livestock. Bitter. <laughs> so bitter. Uh, where did you first go? Oh, well, others who were doing it. Uh, others yeah. who were doing it and, and initially that was somebody in America so yeah. actually there wasn't a huge amount of relatability no. but there were at least yeah. a set of principles to start with yeah. whereas now a farmer thinking about starting tomorrow yeah. now has a, a whole heap of UK farmers to already doing it and, and consultants can I take the obverse of that what's the biggest pile of bullshit yeah. well, what is the absolute what is just the biggest <clears throat> crop if of shit if she says livestock I am going to you, um, must, you must have heard some really weird stuff. Johnson yes. Soup! <laughs> yeah, that, that one was fairly wacky. I think, do you know, I read a book and I can't remember who it was, but it was talking about um, measuring radio waves oh, from, Callahan. from crops. Callahan. Callahan. And oh, yeah, like, I'd, 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 I'll be careful what I say because I haven't really fully understood the subject, yeah. but I've I tried really hard to yeah. and just... Every time I tried, it just went no. I'm sorry. You know that was in the 60s, right? Not having it. There was a. <laughs> the book lot. was written a long time ago. Yeah, yeah it was in the 60s. There was a um, lot of chemicals. It, it got to like yeah. sticking an antenna in a field and, yeah. and measuring the radioactive waves off a crop yeah. and therefore being able to make decisions about nutrition. But then, yeah. when you talk about that, 
there's, there's drones now, and we're talking about sort of aphid pressure on crops. The healthy crops give off a certain frequency, and then crops are somewhat stressed, give off a different frequency. Yeah. The aphids that are flying across the top of these crops can sense that and will attack crops that are some slightly weaker. So we know that there is some radioactive infrared, whatever you want to call it. I think it, it's reflectance, isn't it, rather than actually But there generating. is some sort of science behind that. Um, so I, I get it, and you could go on and talk about paramagnetism as well and get really carried away, but I think that's probably a podcast for another day, and I'd definitely you know, get Ben involved. Paramagnetism is The numbers have gone red. We're getting near the sort of like the maximum We're, we're rounding so, up. Yeah, so, all right, Mad Capital Messiah. Uh, let's start with uh, the big one, big, uh, Gabe Brown. Mad cap or Messiah? Um, Messiah. Yeah. yeah. We all we kind of all have him to thank for getting us on this journey. Yeah. I think so. Nicole Masters. Um, Messiah. Her book is very good. George Monbiot. Uh, Mad cap. Yeah. He absolutely. has some valid points, but ruins it all. Oh, but yeah. do we? Do, does regenerative agriculture? Do the people Shut in, up. within regenerative agriculture not have the same? But the complete opposite of George, but have the yeah, same they're, they're, issues. Yeah, there are some. Yeah, I'm getting really stressed. Stop no, it. calm down. Yeah, right, right. You've got four minutes. Oh, yeah. Jesus Christ. Okay, uh, who else was that? Oh, Chris Packham. Again, in the, he's in that Monbiot category. I think he means well, but just just ruins it from just going too far in the in the extreme. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Tom Heap. Oh. Uh, Messiah. I think he. <laughs> He, uh, I may have some criticisms about the program that he features in, but as an individual, he is, is very good at what he does. Right, last one, and this is the very end of the podcast. Madcap or Messiah? Regen Ben. <laughs> Madcap. <laughs> well said. <laughs> Thanks ever so much, Ed. That's fantastic. <laughs> Any last words? You got. Oh, three minutes. I'm really You're stressing really now. Stressing this is really stressing me. I've got to do all the I'm actually admin. quite relaxed about this. <laughs> Yes, I'm assuming Cornwall, you don't know. <laughs> okay, well, I'm going I'm to throw in a few more names. Oh. Because we've got time. <laughs> it's gone red. The Joel gone Williams. Red. The Mas- classical guitarist. Messiah. Messiah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. probably the, the, the guy within this sphere that I have the most respect for. Because right. he does not say anything unless he's researched it and yeah. provided a, some form of evidence. <laughs> Come on, the finger's hovering. you got one more. No, I, I'm Is done. I'll, I'll leave it at that. I right. want to say thank you to Ben. Uh, ben. We're talking about region, Ben. <laughs> Fuck it. I want to yeah, say thank yeah, you to Ash. Yeah, yeah. It would have been much better if Ben was here, wouldn't it? Yeah. Next anyway. time. Next, yeah, next time. time. Um, Thanks. That's what I genuinely it. appreciate it, and, and we will pick this up again because we like picking your brains. No worries. Cool. Thank, thank you, you very much for having me. Cheers. Ta-ra.